they can help them make today more awesome than it already is. Uh, thank you so, so much. Great design over there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, let's pray. God, as we turn to your word, as we turn to your guidance, continue to shape us. Continue to reveal to us a little bit more about what it is when we claim resurrection. The resurrection is more than an event in the past, but it is unleashed. And it is here with us now. Let us see that today. Amen. <coughs> you remember the shepherds. When the shepherds were told the birth of the Christ child, they, they went and they saw the baby Jesus. And then the Bible says they began to go around and tell everyone that they saw. And the people that heard it were amazed. And the people that heard it were filled with wonder. There was amazement and there was wonder. Remember the story of Jesus calming the storm on the sea that, that day and calms the storm and the disciples, the Bible says, were filled with fear and with amazement. There was amazement and there was wonder. And all throughout the Bible when people come upon the living Christ, they're filled with wonder. Wonder, amazing wonder, wonder that astonishes you beyond your senses. It astonishes you beyond what you can touch and you can see and you can smell and you can taste. It's wondrous. We turn to our story today and we continue to see pieces of that wonder, but we also see what happens when we lose that wonder. So in Luke 24, we have the women that have seen the empty tomb. And what do we see? We see in verse 4, while they were wondering about this. And they're filled with this wonder. They go back and they tell the 11 men, because the women were the first evangelists. And the women come and they share this news, this good news that the tomb is empty. And the 11 men start to put it all together. They try to put all the facts together. Well, there's a tomb and it's empty, but we saw it filled and we know that he died. And they didn't hear the message. And the Bible says that they heard nonsense. They heard nonsense. And the Greek of that really means that the men thought they were delirious. They thought the women had gone mad. <laughs> Save that for later. Hang on. <laughs> they believe the women had gone mad. And you might say that the 11 disciples at that moment had lost their wonder. Thankfully, thankfully, Peter maybe has just a sense of that 
Spirit. And it says, Peter ran. Peter ran. However, he got up and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering. Wondering to himself what had happened. And as we look in the story of the empty tomb in Luke 24, we get a sense of what happens when we see the story as nonsense. When we see the story as just something from delirium. And then we see what we see in the story when it's matched together and when it's paired with wonder. Nonsense or wonders. Easter, Easter is about celebrating the living Christ. Easter is about finding the empty tomb and seeking an hour work every day to seek the living Christ, to find the living Christ around us. And friends, if everything is nonsense, we're not going to get to an understanding of the living Christ. We can't find the living Christ in proofs. We can't find the living Christ in equations. We can't find the living Christ in theorems. I can't put a chalkboard up in front of us today, draw some fancy things and numbers, and prove the living Christ to you. It was never intended to be that way. But something happened to us that made this story hard for us. You see, at some point, we begin to build things. We begin to build machines. And you and I can build computers. Well, not all of us, but some of us in here can. <laughs> we begin to build smartphones, things that are making us dumber. We now have electric, autonomous vehicles that travel on roads. While you're sitting here in church today, you can order your groceries online and pick them up on the way home. Some of you have done that before. You have done that. <laughs> See, we can take things apart and we can put things back together again. And in the taking apart and putting it back together again is where we find truth and we believe the facts because of the things that we can lay out in front of us and the proofs and the theorems. We have found ways to overcome the unknown with our mind. And so naturally, we want to do that to resurrection. Naturally, we want to do that to our theology, to our understanding of God. We want to take all of this and put it into a neat tiny theological box. We want our religion to be able to be taken apart and put back together again. We want to be able to clearly see who is right and who is wrong. We want to be able to clearly see who are the sinners and who are those who are not. How exactly does this work? But in the midst of that work, we hear the voice of the two men that the women heard that day. They come to them and they say, why is it that you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? You are not going to find the living Christ. It reminds me of the Pharisees. 
that you could determine exactly who was right and who was wrong. And their whole goal and mission was to separate themselves from sin, which meant they had to get their fingers out a lot and point and say, that is sin and that is not. And obviously we're not. Reminded in Matthew 12 of these new young disciples with Jesus. New young disciples going through a field with Jesus. At the time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain to eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. Reminds me of a story this week. I was at a restaurant in Temple. I had a visit with one of our members in Temple, and it was around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And so I went to this restaurant that people had told me I needed to try out. And so I came into the restaurant, and it's cool. This is a cool place. It's one of those places that serves kale. <laughs> and things made with sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts. I knew it was going to be good. And about 25% of the place was filled. It was kind of light at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I had all of my notes out and some books. And I was thinking about wonder. And I was thinking about resurrection. And these Pharisees that believed that they could figure out exactly what was right and what was wrong. And what happens when we remove wonder out of our faith. And I'm listening to the music that they're playing. It's cool music. It was very modern. It was very hip. It's the kind of stuff I don't listen to anymore. <laughs> Suddenly the next song came on. They had their system plugged into one of these Spotify kind of things that just plays music that is a little bit out of their control. The song that played was the most vile music I can think of. It had some very filthy language in it. Very filthy. So much so that everyone in the place, their head went up and they said, is this really happening? What are we listening to? And another word was sung in a song that was just like, oh, and then you look at the other side of the room and you saw the manager. And the manager sprinted across the restaurant as fast as he could to this, to this and he got right to the little iPod or whatever, and he, he hits the next song. Oh. And we all looked at each other as if we had just experienced something together as a group. And we all started laughing. Because you know what? That's funny. That's funny. It was unexpected. It was words I'm not allowed to say in church. <laughs> Or at my house. <laughs> and I thought, I wonder if the Pharisees were here. And they heard some bad language coming through the radio. I wonder how quickly they would put their hands over their ears and run out of the restaurants. And then I wondered, what if Jesus and his disciples were in here? They came out. I think they would have had a big old belly laugh. 
fingers at people and say, no, this is right and this is wrong. And you're a sinner and you're not a sinner. When we take wonder out of religion, when we take wonder out of religion, we make religion a very bad thing. A very painful thing. If you wonder today, if you wonder today about what went on in the Easter story, the Bible would say you're in good company. If you can't seem to fit words like resurrection and overcoming death into a small God box, then you are in good company. Because Easter is full mystery. And Easter is full of wonder. And so if we don't want to be the Pharisees, if we don't want to be those 11 disciples as they lost their wonder and tried to line everything up and thought it was nonsense, then what can we do? Jesus says, you can be like children. He said you can be like children. Maybe because children can't sit at the chalkboard and write out the long theorems and the proofs and fight with one another. Maybe it's because children, they understand wonder better than any of us in here. You know, when that child, that son or daughter, that grandchild calls you from across the house, quick, come here and look at this. This is amazing. And you go in and he rushes, what is it, what is it? what happens when the water hits it in the gringo on the wall. Wow! <laughs> and they're not looking for your parent to come in and go, well, I can tell you why that happens. See, the sun comes in and reflects in the rays and then all that rainbow. No! They're not looking for an explanation. They're looking for someone to share that wonder with. Because kids understand wonder. They understand wonder in ways that we've We've forgotten. One of my newest, greatest challenges and joys as your pastor is the children's sermon. <laughs> I've done children's sermons before, but not here. <laughs> Y'all have a whole other level here at the church. I love uh, being with them and seeing their excitement and seeing their wonder. And, and some of you up front may have noticed this over the last uh, couple of weeks and a couple of months. Uh, the children have started to notice my microphone. And I got to be real honest with you. I still think this looks kind of silly. I'm, when I see this, I think of Madonna or <laughs> Garth Brooks or something like that. I, and that's my own thing. Okay. But the kids have noticed that they, they started interrupting me. They started interrupting the wonderful teaching that they were receiving. And, and they said, what is that on your face? What is that? That's my microphone. Oh! And then they want to know and they wonder what it would sound like if they were to get their voice to go through the microphone. And so uh, the kids find ways to kind of get in, in your face and do that. And it wasn't that many weeks ago um, but one of the children, um, while we're sitting there, came and put their face right here. <laughs> and, and said, ah! 
something of the answer has to do with becoming like children. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have them touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. If anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, you will never enter it. You will never understand what Jesus has for you. Um, I've been doing the preacher thing for 20 years now. Which means I'm getting to that point in my career where I start saying things like that. <laughs> when I was younger and I heard preachers say that, I was like, who cares? Go on, dude. You know? And you're going to start hearing that from me more now. For 20 years. Okay. Um, I have a bookshelf full of theological books. Many of which I've read, actually. <laughs> I have theological degrees. They're not on my wall. They're in a box in a closet somewhere. Um, I could probably find them for you if you asked. I've been trying this for a while. And you know what? I've learned that when I take all of my experience and knowledge and everything that I've gained and I try to put it all together, and I try to put this God thing in a box, and the things that Jesus has for us, and words like resurrection, and he is risen, and, and I put it into my own box, I look, and I see that I have tamed God. I have tamed God. I have made religion dry. Now, by God who 
in each other. We will find the living Christ unwrapping all around us every day. We would realize that we're in a world full of resurrection. We would find God in the least expected places. If you wonder today, if you wonder today about what went on in the Easter story, the Bible would say 